welcome to Agronomy for Farmer Success, a podcast brought to you by Osmus Farm Supply. Are you worried about nitrogen loss this spring? Well, we asked retailers what they thought about Instinct NextGen Nitrogen Stabilizer from Corteva AgriScience. What they said was so inspiring, we got an actor to reenact it. Ahem, it's a great return on investment. A great return. Investment, investment, great return. All right, I think I'm ready to record. It's that simple. Instinct NextGen is a great return on investment because it protects your nitrogen. Learn more at protectnitrogen.com. Today in the Osmos Farm Supply Podcast Studio, we have our Corteva crew back with us. We have Ron and Justin here today. Start with Ron. Can you tell us a little bit about your position and your history with Corteva? Michelle, I'm a market development specialist with Corteva. And I started way back about 37 years ago with the company and been in the crop protection business all the way through. So what does a market development specialist do? I'm basically a support person to retail and the farmers and, and any of our seed partners on anything crop protection or agronomic information sharing that we do within our company or with, with customers of ours. Next, we have Justin with us. Justin is our territory manager. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with the company? Yeah, so I don't have quite as many years under my belt as what Ron does. So he's getting uh, a little bit uh, old here to my left. But uh, um, I've, I've been with Corteva slash Dowger for the last seven years. I've actually been working side by side with uh, Asmus Farm Supply here for about six years now. Um, so it's been a great partnership. We're going to talk about something that we haven't had to talk about in a while. And it's dry conditions and how those dry conditions are going to affect Herbicides that you maybe already have on the ground that you put on at planting time and what it can affect for post-herbicide application. We do have a number of fields out there that are planted today. I mean, we're at the beginning of May that have, you know, typically not even seen any kind of activity for another two weeks or three weeks. Um, we aren't talking about any prevent plants anywhere in the upper Midwest. So it's just kind of back to, I don't, I don't, I hate to say the word, but normal versus us having a wet year, but we're kind of trending on a little bit of a dry condition almost and almost being too dry. Uh, the forecast, you know, it's always hard to say, you know, when it says rain, it means rain could get two inches. And for me who lives in Keister, not that far away, we could get, you know, less than a quarter of an inch. As we're talking about this, we have cover a broad spectrum of area here with Osmus Farm Supply with our five locations. We're going to kind of cover this topic of being dry and how that relates to herbicide applications, both, both applications that are on the ground now and future applications. So to get this started off, Ron, we have a question that has come in that I applied my residual two weeks ago. I have not seen rain. It has been extremely dry. The dust is fine. What does that mean for the residual that I already have put on the ground? And how do I go forward? Is there changes I need to make to my chemical plan in the future? Or what should I be doing and worried about? Well, the good answer is, is that it's, it all is not lost. Uh, that residual product will be there when it rains. And it will uh, continue to give you residual performance once it rains in. So the question we get right now is, well, should I even bother to put out a residual if it's not raining? And the answer is sure. Let's think about a, a few of the characteristics of this. 
Yes, there will be slight amount of losses from that chemical sitting on top of the ground through photo decomposition or volatilization. But but by and large, um, those losses are very, very small. And if we look at the losses sitting on top of the ground, they would, they would be just about the same as the losses of that herbicide would be if it was in the ground, um, just through the natural decomposition process through microbial or, or whatever breakdown method that there is. So the residual herbicide that you expected to last you for four weeks or six weeks, um, it, it will still last you from four weeks to six weeks. It's just uh, some of these first weeks, it's maybe not doing you much good because it's sitting right on top of the ground. Um, another thing to keep in mind with the lack of rain, it also leads to a lack of weeds germination. The weeds need rain to germinate. So yes, our residual herbicide needs rain to be active, but the weeds need rain in order to germinate. So we're not getting behind uh, for the most part. Now, this, the soil moisture, you might think of some of that soil moisture real deep in the soil, three inches, down where my corn seed is planted or my soybeans are planted pretty deep, there's moisture there. Yeah, there could be germination of weeds down that deep, but let's think through the weeds that we're mostly worried about. A weed like water hemp or lamb's quarter or foxtail, if it germinates that deep in the soil, three inches deep in the soil, and it's that teeny tiny little seed by and large, there is not nearly enough food reserve in that seed for that plant to be able to make it out of two or three inches of soil. It'll die before it gets there. So there again, we have a weed that we don't have to worry about. Yeah, there are some weeds, those large seeded weeds that can and will germinate and emerge that deep. Large seeded plants such as cockaburr, sunflower, velvet leaf, giant ragweed, and incidentally, corn and soybeans, large seeded yeah, they will come two inches or three inches deep. Uh, if that's the, the, the plant that I, if that's the crop that I planted, that's a good thing. I like that. If it's a weed seed, then no, I don't like that. The soil temperatures are still cold. So they're, they're warming up. But, but a lot of the weeds like water hemp or foxtail, until that soil temperature hits 60 degrees, uh, those weeds are, it's too cold for them to even germinate. Right now, those soil temperatures are starting to hit that 60 degree level, but guess what? In that prime germination zone of that half inch, quarter inch to half inch, it's dry as a bone, so those weeds aren't gonna be germinating now anyway. So I just wanna put this into perspective. Let's consider that most residuals are gonna give you four to eight weeks of residual control. And as a farmer, you'll spend $15 an acre, $20 an acre for that four to six, I'm sorry, four to six, four to eight weeks of residual for about 15 bucks. Well, what if I just skip my pre-emerge and just use a post-emerge? Okay, a typical post-emerge program is going to cost about that same $15. And in many cases, that's just to kill the weeds that have emerged. You're not talking month or two of residual, you're talking a day or two of residual for about the same money. So, so there's still a lot of value in those soil applied residual products to give you long lasting control at a relatively low price. And we're not losing them. We're not you know, completely losing everything due to the fact that it's still sitting on the soil surface waiting to be activated with a rainfall.
we did talk earlier in another podcast about how different herbicides have different moisture release uh, traits. That's also something you kind of have to look at as to what chemical did you put down, what product went down on the ground, at what point and how much moisture does that specific product need to become active. That's going to be a big thing. Justin, can you kind of talk about the different products that maybe even just need that little bit of rain to start to see the effects of the product? Yeah, so I think when we when we start talking about um, limited amount of rainfall, I think it's a kind of maybe go along with your question. I think the first thing you start thinking about as a farmer is, okay, well, maybe should I should I till this in, right? Should I till this into the ground? Um, and I I think honestly the answer to that is Michelle is is maybe you know if if I had a perfect world, right? If it's a perfect world, which gosh, I wish it was. Um, I would love to see rainfall basically incorporate all of my herbicides. I think we get a more uniform um, weed um, weed coverage that way, as far as from a residual perspective. I think we get more uniform weed control is how I should put that, um, because we're getting uniformly incorporated into the soil with that rain um, that that we're getting now. A year like this year now. Please don't till if you're planted. Planted. <laughs> I think we all know that. But if the soybeans are in the ground, we're going to have to rely on rainfall, right? Which it probably today, you know, there's probably gosh in a lot of areas we're looking at sixty to seventy percent is um, potentially planted um, on soybeans even as well. But if we've got a situation where um, we aren't planted, we've got a residual herbicide out there. Should we potentially till it in the ground? And again, my answer is maybe. And the reason for that is, um, number one, tillage is kind of difficult, okay? Um, We need to make sure if we're going to till a product into the ground um, that we have a shallow till. We don't, if we, if we come in and we take uh, a tillage tool um, that's going to take these herbicides four inches into the soil, um, profile. Unfortunately, a lot of our weeds are germinating above that. So if we put it down deeper into the soil profile, we're going to be basically eliminating the the product that we just purchased to get our residual weed control. So we don't want to do that. Um, the other thing that uh, we need to consider is incorporation, Michelle, does not necessarily activate your residual herbicide. Okay, so we still need to have some type of moisture to be able to get that activated. And I would I would say, yes, there are some that got some rain here, but there are certain situations here where our soil is dry enough to even where we have where we have tillage uh, or if we do use utilize tillage to incorporate our pre into the soil profile, we may not get very well activated anyway. So, um, you know, what happens if we, we leave that on, on top of the ground? You know, yes, we're going to have a little big, bit of uh, degradation there from the sun. We may lose a little bit of activity. But going back to what Ron said previously is that if we don't have a whole lot of rain, our weeds aren't going to probably be germinating quite as much as well. So, you know, it's kind of a maybe a little bit of a catch-22 there. We want to get activated. And yes, we probably still have some weeds germinating, um, but we don't have as many germinating either. So I would love to see a rainfall. If we had a little bit more uh, moisture, I think we'd be more so talking about those scenarios where we had a pre-out, the beans weren't planted, doing a little bit more tillage incorporation. 
right now we're probably dry enough in a lot of areas. Yeah. So, so the big thing here to remember is that depending on where you're at geographically, um, as far as rainfall goes, uh, this may depend um, on what your decision is, whether to potentially till your um, pre-herbicide or not. If you haven't gotten any rainfall and we're as dry as we have been, probably not going to do a whole lot of good to go out there um, and actually incorporate uh, your pre-herbicide into the ground because there's no moisture there underneath the soil at three inches really to be able to activate it anyway. So you're probably better off in that scenario um, of probably just letting it be and allowing that first rain to eventually, you know, activate that herbicide. You know, there could be some areas where we've gotten a little bit more moisture, um, where you might have a little bit more soil moisture closer to the surface, where that incorporation within the top, you know, two inches, uh, two to three inches of the soil might be better. As they're talking about these, the thing that comes to my mind is that rain and moisture is such an important component in growing anything. As, as all farmers know, and if it was the one thing that we could have a magic button to push, we would all choose to have that, but we don't. So as you're looking at your field management, again, it's field by field because it's going to be soil dependent about if we did get moisture, did that moisture soak in or did it run off? Did you get moisture? One. I mean, you could have a field a mile apart and one got rain and one did not get rain. It's that spotty this time of year anyway. Just make sure when you're looking at doing these and you're managing your herbicides, pre's and posts, that you are looking at it on a field-by-field basis and you're not doing it broad spectrum across your whole operation. That is going to be key when you have these conditions that are setting up for the year. Hopefully we can get a good rain here and it can be timely and we won't have to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, I think your, your, your point there, Michelle, of basically a pre and a post, I think we talk a lot about in the industry and, and Corteva, Ron and I would both say is, this is where a program approach comes into play, right? So the reason that we wanna make sure that we have pre's, we wanna make sure that we have posts, you know, maybe if we weren't, you know, maybe we didn't get activated initially. Maybe if you didn't have a post residual on your plan, that's where you're adding a, a post residual herbicide into your plan. Um, we want to make sure that we have a program approach um, so that we can basically, when we have weather conditions that may not get things activated, we can combat that by having that program approach. And if you need to alter your program approach, you came into the season and you came in to prepay and do your program approach thinking, okay, well, I'm going to plan for a normal moisture year. And that was your plan. You can always give your agronomist a call and, and they will work through making changes for you and getting you a program approach that is going to fit each specific field for the conditions that it's facing and get you the most yield and get you the best return on your investment that we can. So always feel free to give your agronomist a call anytime through the season to make those changes. Anything else from Ron or Justin as far as what farmers should be doing with dry conditions and herbicide management? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything there, Michelle. And again, um, just to reiterate what you said, if you've got any questions, though, obviously there's a talented team here at uh, Osmos Farm Supply to be able to answer those questions and and, uh, change plans if necessary. Thank you guys for coming in today. Thank you for listening to Agronomy for Farmer Success. If you'd like any additional information, please contact your trusted Osmus Farm Supply agronomist. 
Please make sure to subscribe to Agronomy for Farmer Success on your podcast player of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and more to be notified when new episodes become available. 